Coming to you from Scenic the Basement at ICN Studios in Brooklyn, I'm Jana Jefferson, and this is Anne Friends with Jana Jefferson. Every other week, me and a new guest host each time are going to discuss the latest in pop culture, the industry, life, and much more. And today's guest is none other than Wise Grisette! Woo! You guys might know Wise from... Behind the scenes, he's the producer who's always making fun of me for my viewpoints. But now he's on the other side, and he's here to have some fun. So how are you today, Wise? Uh, I'm good, you know. It was supposed to snow, so I had a low expectations for today. But, I sure uh, did, too. <laughs> but I came outside today, and it looked great. Um, it felt kind of great until it got windy. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just... Ready for the springtime. Oh, yeah. I think we only have maybe like seven days left of winter officially. Really? Uh, I think the solstice starts either March 20th or March 21st. So. As long as it gets to 65 or yeah. 70. That's... that's that's like my range where mm-hmm. I'm most happy because it's not too hot. It's not too cold. What movie is that? Miss Congeniality. They're like, all you need is a light jacket. <laughs> that's how I feel when it's like 65 to 70 degrees. It's so comfortable. It's the best kind of weather. So anyway, before each episode officially begins, we give our Beyonce mood of the day, as you know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, did you give any time to think about it? I did when I was walking over here. So that video um, from self, I think it's self-titled. Is it Beyonce? Uh, whichever one where she was like on the patio dancing. On the patio dancing. Yeah, she was on the patio dancing with like her dancers and stuff, whatever. They were in like a hotel. Oh, um, 7-Eleven. Yeah, and I like that one a lot. That's Why is that? Uh, it's just very energetic. It's um, one of the first times that I looked at Beyonce different, like not like as like a a singer, you know, just as just a singer, just or whatever. like a regular gal. Yeah, like yeah, I was like, oh, like, that's oh, should me. It kind of gave me. I mean, I don't want nobody. To, I don't want the normal uh, vibes. I don't want the stands. <laughs> I don't want the stands company, but it gave me a Rihanna vibe. So I like ah. that a lot. So. I'd say mine is right now it's baby boy because Wise and I got really, really hungry before this. So we got <laughs> some golden crust on Flatfish Avenue. And I right now I'm eating a meat patty and I'm staying true to my Jamiaka and roots <laughs> and trying to make sure that I am nice and fulfilled. I was so hungry. Like I was so hungry. Yeah, and I was starving too. And I mean, you know what's funny is that that was supposed to be my song. Uh, my mood of the day actually as well, um, but I changed it because I was like, ah, I don't want to just do something so simple. I was like, mood. No, no, this was definitely the mood. Because you know, all my Beyonce mood of the days are like it's either sad, tired, or angry. Yeah. So I need something that like gave me that island flair to fit <laughs> in with my meat patty consumption. So, listeners, remember there's a Spotify playlist for the Beyonce mood of the day. Search Beyonce mood of the day and follow it. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Each song mentioned by myself and my and friends to start off the show have been and will be added to the playlist after each episode. So you can stay up to date because <laughs> there's a tour coming. I told you guys episodes <laughs> ago, get the Slavings account in check because she's coming. She's coming. She, I knew it. You know what? As soon as she put that like vegan thing, she's like, uh, do you follow her on Instagram? I do not. Oh my God. Why? Yeah. She's not, Re- she's not Rihanna. I love okay. her. Okay. Oh. Uh, Right, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yes, definitely. But last time, okay, when Beyonce went like vegan, I guess the last time on social media, oh, let me fix that. That's my fault. Last time she went <laughs> vegan on social media, she dropped self-titled out of thin air. Mm. And she just posted a picture of some vegan cupcakes. Like yeah. right after it, I'm like, girl. So after she did her Coachella, she put a couple pictures 
from her Coachella practices because mm-hmm. Coachella is in like two weeks or something. And then she put like, oh, uh, vegan meal, be vegan with me. I'm like, now I know good and well that I'm not going to be vegan for long because I have to save my money to be in the beehive. My friends and I are trying to figure out like what show we want to go to. I think we're going to end up going to Washington, D.C.'s show, mm-hmm. mostly because the Nork show, I'm going to be – in Miami for my birthday yeah, that same yeah. day. And then I think the 30th, which is a Monday, is Philly, which would be the second closest. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to go to Philadelphia on a Monday and then try to rush back for work on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, yeah. So I, I mean, that's really that close, weekend. though. Yeah, yeah. Washington, D.C. is not that bad. It's like four-hour drive. Yeah, but Philly's like two. Oh, yeah, but like... Mm, it's Philly. Philly's not as fun as New York. That's One, fair. That's fair. two. Since I'm already like taking off like later in that week for my birthday, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, let's not like add gotcha. more annoyance. So do a nice leisurely drive down to Washington D.C. <laughs> if if we can get the tickets, yeah, and then be blessed. You got title? Um, I don't, but I signed up for the Beehive like presale. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Let me move this light real quick. Also, guys, Wise is also doing. He's pulling like all the jobs right now. He's being the producer. He's, you know, just being wise. If you don't know, Wise is the creator and founder of the ICN, the Indie Creative Network. We'll get more into that yeah. in a little bit. So, you know that we do talk of the town. And besides the Bruno Mars thing, which I did not want to rehash again, <laughs> uh, Craig Mack. Passed away mm. at the age of 46 from heart failure. Rest in peace. He rest sang, peace. um, Here comes the yeah. Yo, that song was so pivotal in my life. Now, here's okay. Okay. I think it's because I'm young. Probably. But I like, I know Flavor in your year. When I woke up this morning, um, I like, I saw that he passed away and I'm like, oh, like, who's. Who's that? Mm. And I know I suck because, like, that's my job. I should know. But I'm so young and I don't know everybody. But I I do know that song. But see, you know what? I mean, that's really what and it is. And that's like, was one of his only I, songs. I mean, no, nah, I mean, he had more songs. I'm sure he did. But I, that was like I don't the know them, song. I don't know them either. That was the here song. Comes exactly. brand new yeah. flavor in here. Yo, when, when you, today, today, whenever y'all listen to this podcast, and like, don't pause this, keep going. But. Go on your computer and watch that video. That video had so much energy. Like, Flavor in Your Ear was just, it was different. It was and then different. I listened to the remix because I had not, like, never heard the remix before either. These are all new things to me. Some, yeah. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I know enough. And then I'm like, ah, nope, duh, just kidding. <laughs> like, um, who passed away, like, last year out of the hip-hop community? I forget his name a lot of people um last prodigy year. yeah i didn't know that like last, too didn't, oh yeah, that was like, didn't i didn't know too year. much about him either so i was like let me just like put my head down and start writing uh, <laughs> like around something else because i don't want to embarrass myself because yeah. like obviously i work in a field where everyone's like you don't know this person that person yeah. i'm like uh no like sorry yeah, <laughs> it's like they want you to come with like an encyclopedia of exactly i'm just like instance. i i haven't i don't have the time to digest all of this but like just be thankful i know the song like, yeah. that's good enough but he died at the age of 46 mm. from heart failure and 
we need to start taking better care of ourselves. If all these like rappers are dying so young, like I don't know, Prodigy died at like forty five. Yeah, he his situation was different though. He had um yeah. sickle cell. Yeah, yeah. Cell. yeah oh my like, god, wait, didn't someone said he choked on? Egg? He choked. I mean, that I don't know. Like I know that people had mentioned that. I don't know. I hope that that's not. That's like wow, true or not. But I mean, his sickle cells that he battled mm-hmm. with his whole upbringing. That's his like whole something life, that so. is very difficult to deal with. Yeah. Too. But I mean, with Craig, like, in regards to Craig Mack and his heart, like, people really do have to take better care of themselves. At the same time, uh, like, heart, heart failure, your heart is a, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's a vital piece of your life. It is you your know? life. You it know? is really your life. It's like <laughs> your life force, you know? At the same time, things can happen to it at the drop of a dime, you mm-hmm. know? So. Uh, I don't really want to, I, I can't really can't speculate, speculate yeah, yeah. but you know, rest in peace. I, I pray for his family. Yeah. And apparently now I don't, I don't know if this is real. I, uh, once again, like, I don't know if I'm going to speculate, but I heard uh-huh. that like, obviously he was like bad boys, like first signee, yeah. right? But I heard that like Diddy kind of like dropped him mm-hmm. a little bit as soon as Biggie got big. Like he's just like the... The dog, like the pet dog that gets a little old and they get a puppy, and then like, yeah, that was kind of what there. Happened. Was, okay, so we this had, that, that might not be speculation, that might oh. actually be true fact. See, learn every something new every day. Uh, this afternoon, matter of fact, I was on Twitter and um, someone there was like a you know, this kind you know, people do like these threads or whatnot, mm-hmm. and they said that um, Pac actually has signed Craig Mack. To um, what was his? What was possible? Tupac Machiavelli. Yeah, to like Machiavelli East, mm-hmm. right? And um, he was on his way to, I guess, like sign a deal or you know organize the whole deal and have the conversation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when Pac got shot. <gasps> yeah, so that's a lot of there's a lot of like backstory that we don't know. Oh, I mean, hip hop no. history is deep. <laughs> Wait, so. is it the first time he got shot, like in the nah, New York studio, the, or the 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 of, of the 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 nail in the coffin, yeah, so to speak? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So lots of hip hop history. Oh boy, hip hop history. I heard that Diddy does that a lot, though. Like he like is like loves one artist, and then like a second later. He like finds someone else and is like, "Oh, who's that?" I mean, well, you know, we could look at the history of Bad Boy Records, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, we can see the like artists that, Blige. yeah, I mean, we can see the artists that you know were popping for a while, and then you know, the numbers wasn't not adding up, and on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I heard that um, Craig Max first album only went like gold and i guess did I mean, like, whatever even, but to go i mean that's even still then really still awesome. yeah like, to gold go gold on like, cd wow. with cds like, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot that's a lot i don't think the project matter of fact never mind i'm gonna just hold that <laughs> i'm gonna hold that one to myself okay anyway. um so like i said like um, I'm a young, a younger gal in this <laughs> hip hop industry, so like a lot of people don't really like know Craig Mack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think that like older generations could do a better job, or is it like our responsibility to be like, I have to find everything out about like Craig Mack and all these people that I don't know? Um, nah, I mean it. It's <clears throat> with hip hop still being so young, you know, we are still all learning how to, you know, conserve our history. And, you know, present our history to our younger audiences, mm-hmm. you know, or to the young. I'm not a part of it, obviously. <laughs> so a part of, you know, we, we're trying to find ways to, you know, present it. You know, that's kind of what we do with ICN. And that's kind of what a lot of companies are doing. I mean, even back to Diddy and mm-hmm. Revolt, you know, people just trying to find ways to present 
you know, history, hip hop history um, to the masses. You know, it's a trial and error process, mm-hmm. just like hip hop was a trial and error process or the growth of hip hop was a trial and error process. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sure there will be like a balance. I do not expect every person. Craig Mack legit had one song that I knew mm-hmm. and I grew up when Craig Mack was popping. Mm-hmm. I don't expect somebody who was born, you know, 10 years after me. Yeah, the song came out when, in 1994? I couldn't even tell you. Let's find out. I don't even know. If it came out in 1994, I was one years old. (laughs) One year. Sorry, plural. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Craig Mack, flavor in your ear. Might have been like 95, though. Still too young to remember. I don't think I formed memory. 1994. Mm. I didn't form memories until, I feel like my first memory was my sister being born, and I was like almost four. Wow. I don't remember much before that. Mm, well i mean yes i'm saying like i don't really i don't expect i don't expect every especially i mean if you were an artist if you were an artist and you were a rapper and you love bad boy i would you expect you know then to Mac. know who craig mack was mm-hmm. you know even if you are an artist and you you know i mean i can't even expect every again not every artist can everyone everyone's gonna have differences in like what they like and stuff and even when you become an artist are you got like you spending so much time making your music, pushing your music? I don't expect you to pick up no goddamn history book, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, again, if Craig Mack was a bigger piece mm-hmm. of hip hop, I would be like, yeah, you know. But he's not Pac, he's not Big, mm-hmm. he's not Jay, he's not. No, if you, you you go down the line of people, whatever, he doesn't fall underneath that, whatever. But he still he still fits within you know the history that history of especially you know? since like the 90s were such a time for hip-hop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. huh well hopefully i don't know i guess like if like if you're a younger rapper right now like who's young well lil yachty's young yeah uh, lil pump he's I, young was, uh... i feel like they should like maybe study up because yeah. you know that people are going to ask them like Oh, what did you think about like Craig Mack's passing? And they're gonna be like, "You think really they're gonna do some some studying? You really think so?" Uh I know they're not gonna study, but I feel like they should like have an answer on on tab <laughs> for they, situations such as that. The answer might be flavoring your ear. They might start singing a verse. At least that's or a piece at least of it's, a verse, it's like that. That's a song. A couple bars. <laughs> Yeah, because you hear about um, who's that new one? Uh, Lil Lil Zan, uh, who I knew said about um, he's like, nah, Tupac's music is boring. Okay, okay. So it's like, I mean, I you can't like be. I feel like if you're a young rapper and you're trying to come up in the game, you still have to like, you don't have to like the musician, but you do them. have to respect yeah, them. Yeah, you know, like you don't have to be a Pac fan. Like I'm not a Pac fan. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that I. I'm not going to say pop music is boring. Pop music might not be for me, but it's not boring because millions upon millions of people like that shit. Mm -hmm. Millions of people like that shit. And if you, especially if you are in hip hop, Mm -hmm. you know. You have to pay respect. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, I could say some shit like, you know, Elvis Presley was whack, you know, and people. People will. People will be upset, whatever, but I'm not into, what, what was it, rock? Walking through the yeah. body at the camp. That's yeah. not my. That's, that, ain't, that, ain't my <laughs> that ain't my lane, you know. So of course I'm not gonna understand. I was had some good songs though. Good songs that he stole from other people. So I mean, yeah, it's true. Ba-doom, psh, anyway, no, I feel. <laughs> oh, you know what? I guess since we're here, why don't we just segue into this Bruno Mars conversation? <laughs> so if you guys hadn't heard, um, there was a video 
series called The Grapevine that discusses different topics um, that millennials could talk about, which I'm all about. I love when millennials get a chance to discuss things because we no one really likes to give us the chance to talk because mm-hmm. of our age and all that stuff but that's yeah. another story for another day <laughs> but the topic was basically is bruno mars a cultural appropriator yeah now the video the clip that went around there was a woman a young woman she basically said like yes he is because he's not black and he's getting popular off of doing the music that black people made and then she said that it's like basically an injustice that he won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year when Prince never won it, which was a stupid argument. Stupid and then she hell. she said something else about Michael Jack. Oh, he's oh Michael Jackson would have to fight twice as hard to be accepted if he was still if he was coming up today, basically, because of people what? like Bruno Mars. That is, but that's like dumb. not even true. That's done. At all. That's done. And here's the reasons why Bruno Mars is not a cultural appropriator. One, he always, always cites where he gets his inspiration from. Yeah. All the time. Like, even on the Grammy stage, like, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Um, he even said, like, when he was getting the album of the year win, he's like, if this album, this album wouldn't have existed if not for Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Teddy Riley and Babyface. And Babyface helped him on the album. Babyface. Baby the Face. If you don't know who Babyface is, then you. Now that's something you need to Google because he's done everything. But it's like, how can you say that he's been, like, he's stealing music? First of all, Bruno Mars has been doing quote unquote black music since he came out. Like there was another girl in the video who said like, oh no, he started out doing like pop and doo-wop. First of all, doo-wop was black music too. Because <laughs> people be talking from a perspective of ignorance. Because, mm-hmm. And I mean, and not ignorance in, a, sen- in a negative sense, but you just don't, you don't you're know. You're not like using your brain. You're just you don't spouting know. all these accusations and assumptions. Do, uh, black music is doo-wop, rock, country, hip hop. New Jack. And I feel like that's when people got mad because they're like, oh, he's doing New Jack Swing and that's a black music. It's like, well, maybe if you guys didn't abandon New Jack Swing back in the 90s thinking it was corny as hell. And if people didn't want to try to be like Migos clones <laughs> and try to do something like New Jack again, yeah. some anyone could have done it. Yeah. It's just yeah. Bruno Mars was inspired, yeah. did it, did it damn well. And now everyone wants to be mad. You know, um, I'm going to quote um, I'm gonna quote Quana from uh, our little group chat on Twitter. Shout out to Quana. She said that um, not not everybody wants to listen to pussy slapping arms. That quote <laughs> had me dead, but it's true though. It's it is true, true. You know, I there are a lot of artists that can sing their ass off, mm-hmm. right? A lot of those artists make pussy slapping music. Mm-hmm. Now, when you in that phase, when you in that place to do such activities by all means it's place that's something to play mm-hmm. when you're not what are you gonna listen to and so either i mean there aren't really that many choices like i don't i'm not a i'm not a big bruno fan so i'm not gonna sit mm-hmm. here and act like that i love miguel, miguel oh man N- miguel is that guy. miguel got tunes you understand so <sighs> it's just like but there's there aren't that many people chris brown's still putting out 48 
out songs per album or whatnot. I and can't. None of them, I still haven't heard that album. <laughs> I still haven't heard neither. But I can. I can promise you one thing: none of them didn't sound like what um what Miguel or Bruno Mars Bruno come Mars out with. Out. So mm-hmm. it's just like they're doing something original and different. And then they're. The, ugh, I hate when people try to bring race into everything. Like, here's another thing, and I know some people like don't agree. I don't really care. Um, Bruno Mars is Latino. Mm-hmm. Latinos are black. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. they are black. You go far, far into their lineage, you're going to find some chocolate. Not even that much far. Not, not even that far. far. And that well, far. He's, uh, he's Puerto Rican and Jewish and Filipino. And his dad looks dark. Like, in old pictures, and that's, that's a and darker that's, man. As I'm saying, like, <clears throat> a, a lot of people are speaking from this pres- this space of ignorance. Like, I would, my first question Whenever you really ask somebody, um, you know, something as something as defining as is Bruno Mars a cultural appropriator, what does cultural appropriation mean mm-hmm, to you? Mm-hmm. And who who can culturally appropriate and who can't? You know, those are things that people need mm-hmm. to have like a, a base of understanding before they start putting their goddamn foot in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh, I, I don't know what you I don't know how much more black he had to be just because he may not. Oh I mean, people, gosh. I mean, just because he looks racially ambiguous. There's a lot of people that look racially ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Doesn't mean that he's like, that's just so dumb. And then someone said something like, oh, no, he's got a perm. His hair was getting long regardless. When he did um, the Super Bowl, he had it shaved on the sides and it was long and curly in the front. That same texture that he has now. He just grew out the sides. <laughs> like he's always had long curly hair. I just I honestly leave I just, Bruno Mars alone. Yeah, like you just you can't fight with some people. Some people you just you just gotta let them just do their thing. You it's know? honestly like people are so so butthurt still about the, the Grammys, acting like the Grammys are defining of people's legacies and talent. And that's the other thing that doesn't make any sense we to me. We need to right? stop that. People talk about a cultural. People talk about cultural appropriation. You know when they're trying to get people their credit. Mm-hmm. That is a fair and under- mm-hmm. I completely understand that, right? But when we talk about cultural appropriation, it's like the sense is that you know we have uh, pride in what we in what we have and what we've created. Mm-hmm. Crying over the Grammys, <laughs> which black people don't really have too much part in partic- They don't really they don't make these. They don't come up with these. You mm-hmm. know with who actually becomes you know a nominee. Mm-hmm. They don't come up with who actually becomes an, uh, an actual award winner. These things are not even, they don't even really have anything to do with us, to be completely yeah, honest. So like a you're couple, yeah. begging for, you're begging for a white validation and talking about cultural permission at the same time. That's basically what it is. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut Please and thank you. Shut the fuck up. But um, what else did someone say? Yeah, like Bruno Mars makes music that everyone can enjoy. He's a crossover artist. He, yeah, he, he dominated the R&B charts with this album, dominated the pop charts. He did adult contemporary with Versace on the floor, like I said a couple episodes ago. Like he's hit all the bases he needs to hit so everyone's hearing his music. Sorry that not everyone hears Kendrick Lamar's music because he's not going to cross over. He does one style. Doesn't he does it well, but not everyone's going to hear it. Yeah, doesn't always cross over and that's okay. That's totally I don't fine. think Kendrick is. I don't think Kendrick cares. I really don't think Kendrick Lamar so cares. Neither does Jay Z. Jay Z I mean, has twenty one of those or yeah. twenty two. I mean, and and then honestly, and in retrospect, again, right? None of these artists are truly, really, and truly begging for white validation. Mm-mm. They have millions upon millions of people of all races listening to like their, music their music and like them. Mm-hmm. 
y'all ain't got uh, 10 people that give a flying fuck about people don't even call you to tell you ask you how you doing like what's mm-hmm. bruh come on now and then another thing one, one last thing this young woman who said basically like oh no prince never got this prince never got that prince wouldn't have been accepted if he was coming up today because he came out and everyone thought he was gay and he had his high-heeled shoes on and wearing purple like you think in the year of our lord 2018 that prince rogers nelson would have been accepted you think? I mean, nah, I mean, I feel like Prince... He wouldn't have gotten the reach that he has. He would have been, it would have been called like a gay artist or it would something. Have been, it would have been difficult for him. It would have been difficult for Prince. Um, I don't think it would have been sure. difficult for Michael Jackson, though. Uh, No, I don't think so Michael either. Jackson would have been fine. Michael, I mean, not even... Because he did Michael Jackson the is thing. a legend. A, Michael Jackson is the legend. And he appropriated some, some things, too, but we ain't talking about that's that. That's why I said he's a legend. <laughs> See, I said, I stopped. It's the legend. Well, we're not talking about that, though. <laughs> we're going to wrap that up. So that was Talk of the Town, <laughs> and now we're going to do questions with the guests. So, Wise, give us a little background about you and the Indie Creative Network. <sighs> Oh, man. I am a first-generation Bayesian-American. Shout out who, to Barbados. Yes, yes. Um, I was born in Brooklyn. You know, um, I love Brooklyn. I love the um, the amount of people that I've had access to in terms of the differences. You know, like, you can, if you drive the streets, driving the streets of Brooklyn, you know, you pass through neighborhood to neighborhood, you're going to see different cultures um, anywhere, you know? Like, I know for a fact... I'm like, I went to school, actually, my sixth grade, I went to school in Coney Island. My first time ever being truly immersed in, like, a a community where there were Jewish people and African Americans. And I had never seen those, I've never mm-hmm. seen those two groups coincide and go to school together and, you know, make friends. Like, that wasn't a community that I grew up in, you know? So, to see that and to value that, whatever, was important to me. Mm-hmm. Then I went to school in Bushwick and I saw... African Americans and Hispanics, and I went to school back in my neighborhood, and I saw all Black people and West Indians, and mm-hmm. it, it just you know like the 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 diversity a word I've been trying to not use anymore, but <laughs> the diversity that you get in Brooklyn is one that you just really just can't find anywhere else. Uh, so with that in mind, I created a company that kind of reflects that. The um, Indie Creative Network is a digital solutions company. Um, we created um, a platform called Indie Creative Podcast, which Host the lovely and friends show and, and many other podcasts um from the u.s canada south africa london and uh, uh mumbai india so you know very proud of what we've done thus far um and very proud of what we're going to do in the future very very proud awesome so how did you get interested in digital storytelling <sighs> so um storytelling wise like it's something i've always done um, I've been writing. I was a writer as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like published when I was like nine years old in a magazine for short stories. I love telling. I love talking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't have there was no programs for that um, when I went to school. Well, in high school or in college, my college didn't have a system like that. So I just kind of veered more so into technology. But when I graduated a couple of years later, I got an opportunity to um, like broadcast part time at Hunter College. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I love that shit. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a part of me that I guess had been stored away for a while in terms of storytelling mm-hmm. um, and hearing other stories, other people's stories, and sharing them. Uh, so I really clung to it. And a couple of months later, I started my own radio show called Encore Radio, 
encore radio show where we interviewed artists similar in a similar fashion and like this or whatever just mm-hmm. to get more about hear more about their story push their music um and help them in ways that people didn't really want to at the time you know outside of blogs no one was really no one didn't really care about the un, the underground artists and i'm mm-hmm. using air quotes for that so that's kind of what got me into digital storytelling and you know, that turned into podcasts and that podcast turned into the podcast network. And thus, here we are. <laughs> now, did someone give you like a push to create the network or you're just like, this is what I'm, I want to do? Nah. So um, with the Encore Radio Show, um, you know, basically I interviewed artists. And what I realized was that when artists go on press runs, if they Googled, you know, hip hop radio shows, hip hop podcasts or whatever, you get like, you know, a Hot 97, a Power 5.1. You got the Combat Jack show, Rest mm-hmm. in Peace Combat Jack. And that was about it. But I knew as a podcaster that there were tons of hip hop radio, um, mm-hmm. hip hop podcasts that were out there and whatnot. And I was like, all right, well, how do we get all these shows together? So mm-hmm. that was the initial concept of creating the Any Creative Network. And I realized that, wait, so we're in this medium of podcasting and my small subset focuses specifically on hip hop music. But there are people that focus on this and there are people that focus on that and people focus on this. And then we have an audience of people who would love to hear about these other shows, but they also don't know where to find them. So mm-hmm. I was like, now nah, we got to make a hub. We have to find a way to put all this shit together so that people can just come and find out about us. So Awesome. So what do you think are some of the skills that you possess that makes you a good leader in your field? Oh, man. So um, I have spent a good part of my life working for other people. Mm-hmm. A good part of my life working for other people. Um, I worked in customer service as a child of legit, like when I could get my workers permit when I was like 15, I started working. Oh, immediately. wow. Yeah. I started working immediately. Um, you know, but then when I graduated, I worked in digital agencies and I, you know, kind of understood exactly, you know, that, that overall, uh, cycle, like, you know, the design aspect, the, um, the creative direction aspect, you know, fulfilling client needs and stuff like that. Um, and just working in technology, like you see how fast technology updates or whatnot and how many solutions, how many digital solutions there are and how many people don't actually use them on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, so from there, I worked in a bunch of other startups and stuff like that, whatever. And startup culture is much different than, you know, regular work life because you're talking about people who are growing their company as well um, and doing it to a point that's so successful that they can hire other people to be a part of that journey. Um, it's a lot of stress. Um, there are a lot of issues, rather this other word, diversity, a lot of mm-hmm. issues with diversity, whatever, and there's still not enough space for people. So overall, like my skills um really come from the places that I've worked. I mean, I were ended up working in corporate America, which was a drag. Um, but it gave it helped me with my structure, you know, understanding exactly, okay, this person does this and this is that department. Mm-hmm. This person does that and this is that department. So overall, like, you know, my individual skill sets came from places that I've worked and just my entrepreneurial background. Like I just like to create and I like to help people. So just merge all that shit together basically. Is there anything that you wish you could do better? Oh, hell yeah. Everything. Oh, my God. I mean, any entrepreneur, any creative who feels like they're doing everything the best ain't dreaming big enough. You know, Mm -hmm. like every day I wake up with like a headache. Like, Oh, my God. Yo, like yesterday I didn't do this, this and that. And today I got this, this and that. I know I'm gonna do it trash, but I'm gonna try, (laughs) though, you know. And I mean, I guess that's probably the best mindset to have. It's like, yo, just just try to try and do something, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever you can do, whatever you can do and you do do. Do 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 do
do. <laughs> anyway, whatever you can do, you will do. And if you do it, so it's going to help somebody. So, Does the ICN, is there a meaning behind Indie Creative Network? Literally, uh, I was an indie, cre- I am an indie creative, an mm-hmm. independent creative. And the Indie Creative Network basically is a network of independent creatives who partner together to create a bigger network that was really it it's just not like I, I not tried, like a deep meaning yeah, behind no, it i tried to make it self-explanatory indie creative network and that's what it is <laughs> so give us some quick stats what how many number how many shows are there on uh the network um how many views do we get yeah accumulatively? so so there are about 17 shows in the network right now um that all post either bi-weekly well weekly bi-weekly or monthly um, those shows collectively get about a hundred thousand and change listens per year. We have been growing this network now as I'll guess specifically the podcast. We've been growing this podcast network now for a better part of two years, mm-hmm. um, uncovering data from spaces that just no one knows about. You know, if you, I mean, had a, little about, had a little bit of a rant today about this. Um, there's this thing called the Infinite Dial. So research, basically, research study um, on podcasts and digital media. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, today, um, you know, a newsletter came out talking about that. And one of the things that he mentioned was, oh, yeah, this podcast boom, you know, um, podcasting is growing, but there's low retention. And, you know, people aren't necessarily, you know, like they're trying to say basically that like daily podcasts was kind of helping boost uh, the brand awareness of what a podcast is. Uh, and I was like, but <laughs> so we just going to completely forget the fact that black and brown people have been diving into podcasts every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there's literally a new podcast every single mm-hmm. day. People launch. I mean, we have a grant program. People launching shit every day and, and signing up for the grants or whatever. You know, I can see this, but if that's because I'm looking at it mm-hmm. from my purview, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at it because I know that the stuff is there. A lot of these larger companies, you know, they will uh, disregard the fact that other people are involved in this. Mm-hmm. They disregard the fact that uh, podcasting is growing from this predominantly white, um, well-off, socioeconomically based community mm-hmm. to this uh, vibrant culture that um everyone is involved in you know mm-hmm. and black and brown people have really helped push that forward you know uh so it, i mean we work hard on the data we make we work hard on making sure that um all those people those hundred thousand people who um listen to our shows on a regular basis mm-hmm. who care about our hosts who are engaged in their content we try to make sure that they are their needs are fulfilled um uh digitally and you know hopefully moving forward physically as well I hope so too. Yeah, that's 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 honestly just the goal. You know, we are diving into uh, the study. Actually, I'm actually now I'll actually announce this to you. So, uh, my family's company, the Grisette Initiative, um, invested in the Indie Creative Network, specifically in the study of early 21st century digital storytellers. Mm-hmm. So, from now until 2100, we are studying Ooh, the data. Yeah, we're studying the data of how um, digital media and digital storytellers are growing um, and how they're, I guess, overall, how they're utilizing it to do their storytelling 
um, for the next, I guess, couple, 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 80 years or so. So, yeah, very excited about it. Oh, man. Yeah, very excited about Ooh. that. Very excited to, you know, help push the culture, um, podcast culture, and digital media culture in general, and provide more tools and resources to, to communities around the world. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. Hopefully, I'll be around to see. <laughs> It'll be 107 years old. I'll be old as shit, but, you know, hopefully, you know, science will keep me alive. Yeah, you know? I mean, if they can freeze Walt Disney, they could freeze That's you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you Yo, can just make, bring see me back, everything bro. happening. Yeah. Bring me back, bro. Let me see how this, how, let me see how this worked out in 2100. So. Exactly. So you recently also announced that there's going to be services in Barbados. Yes, yes. Um, Tell us a bit about your decision to make it uh, an internationally recognized podcasting brand. Yeah, so... um. We not we didn't just move the podcast network. We moved our entire overall company, Digital mm. Solutions Company. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we moved there is because when at coming up at the end of 2017, uh, I really like sat down and thought to myself, like, yo, what do I want to do with this company? Mm-hmm. You know, um, when people think about the Indie Creative Network, like, what do I want them to to say? What I want them to to think about us? And I really wanted to see us as leaders, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, we have been like, I personally have been involved in podcasting since 2012, for Christ's sake. Yep. You know, um, I started Any Creative Network in 2015. And since then, I've been leading a team of podcasters, you know, from all over Mm -hmm. um, and helping them create, produce, distribute their shows and stuff like that. That is a, that is leadership, but our leadership i mean i'm i'm very subtle i don't like the whole bravado I'm, i mean clearly i'm not in front of tv like we're in front of microphones mm-hmm. i don't like that whole that side of things mm-hmm. you know um i'm very i'm much more low-key than that and uh i would say that overall i just wanted to i wanted to make a a, a statement you know and the statement was we're going to lead this new we're going to lead digital media from Barbados and start in Barbados and showcase that the data that we've gotten thus far can help build this industry down there and industries like that around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're looking to launch our brand ambassador program um, to help do that exact thing in all of the cities that we have shows in as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. We're just, you know, I'm not sure if it was, I'm not sure if it was more so about being international. You know I mean? We were already an international company itself, Mm -hmm. It was more so standing out and saying, look, like, we are in New York. I think, matter of fact, they act. So I went on a show called Good Morning Barbados. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically like Good Morning America. And um, that was one of the questions. They were like, yo, like, why are you leaving New York City? The I mean, people say New York is the mecca of podcasts. Why are you leaving New York City to come to Barbados to, you know, do podcasting as well? So a space that is still, it's even younger in Barbados, you mm-hmm. know? Why? And it's because I want to teach. It's because I want to be a part of this community. I want this overall community. I want to speak on behalf of the industry. You know, people mm-hmm. people like to wait for someone to say, oh, yeah, you're in the industry now. Nah, fuck that. Yeah, you like you in be in the industry. Show them why you're here. So that's, that's the job. That's my job. So, you know, um, it's really it's really just that, whatever. Like, you know, even... When the year started, um, we created a class called um, Creating a Sustainable Podcast, mm-hmm. teaching young podcasters, look, hey, you want to create a podcast? Sure. I, I want you to create a podcast, but let's create sustainable podcasts, things that not only 
um, that you cannot just only, you know, come on and talk, talk, talk with people on, on, but also you can make money off of also you can mm-hmm. teach other people, you know, yeah. you can be the leader that you actually are as a podcaster, you know, people podcast podcasters be like, you know, and anybody, teachers, mm-hmm. writers, you know, it's so much, there's so many benefits to having this. Like, it really is. Like, I feel like I've become a better speaker in general because I'm, like, See? more, I'm getting better at being a communicator. Yeah, yeah. It, there's so many benefits. There's so yeah. many benefits. There are tons of benefits and whatnot. And, you know, and we try to, we, I mean, I teach this class Monday through Thursday from 1230 to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, You know, we even chose that time period so that everyone in the world will be awake at the same time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's still, everyone is still awake from um Eastern Hemisphere to Western Hemisphere, you know, just wanted to. We just cho- try to choose a time and a space where everyone can be involved in this industry that we're all a part of. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your creative inspirations? Honestly, my only creative inspiration uh, is Combat Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace again. Um, you know, I, it's still that took me for a loop. Yeah, you know what? It's still very difficult to talk about because. You know, they always say like, "What it was like, like give people their roses, you mm-hmm. know, before they pass." Mm-hmm. You know, and I felt like every time I saw him, we always had conversations about, you know, like what I felt like he did for not just me, but for other people like me who saw him as an inspiration, saw him as a mentor. You know, I still feel like I didn't say enough. You know, I, I <laughs> he passed away. I was like driving. This is crazy. I was driving. Um, to the studio, matter of fact, and I heard the shit on the fucking news, and I'm like, "What?" Because he, I think like two or three weeks before he passed, he put like this thing out. He's like, "Just letting you know, like I'm, I'm good, I'm fine." <sighs> um, I recently read, I think it was a piece on Vulture. Um, someone basically did like a a feature on him while he was going through his cancer yeah, treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great That, that was, was a, a really a good piece. piece. I almost cried out. It was really really good. Mm. I think they stayed with him I think until Just the last thing, yeah. time, like maybe like a day or two before he passed. Yeah. Uh, that was that was heartbreaking, but he really did open so many doors for so many people in yeah. terms of podcasting and, and made then, it cool. Yeah, exactly. And then for like for me, you know, being in New York and watching like his journey for me, I started out, like I said, in broadcast, but I was more so live broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be on PNC Radio. So he was on, he used to be on PNC Radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to be on PNC Radio so bad. I'm like, yo, nah, Combat on PNG. I'm trying to be on PNG too. When Combat switched or when he, when they launched Loudspeakers, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, yo, podcasting. Shout out to Chris Morrow too. Yeah. He's cool as heck. I met him um, Last year, I did like a whole feature on like the power of podcasting. Yeah, and Chris Morrow was just the coolest dude. Yeah, I mean, yo, anybody. I mean, and he also was a fan of combat. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's like, that. yeah, he was they a... like met through Twitter. Yeah, he's because like, I he really was a fan like of your show. show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, honestly, um, like going back to this creative, you know, for him, he he showed me a path that mm-hmm. you know you can do what you want to do. You know, I. There were so many similarities to me going from industry to industry, then diving into and, you know, while I was, you know, I guess simultaneously um, in, you know, working for someone else, whatever, um, being an entrepreneur and running into and doing podcasting and broadcasting and, you know, just being involved in the community. You know, I 
learned all that from Combat mm-hmm. Jack, you know, from his inspiration, from his from his teachings, you know, from his show, from his leadership. And, you know, it's 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 sad uh, because and I mean, maybe this part is selfish. Who cares? Uh, it's sad because, like, I really wanted to, you know, really sit down with him and show him, like, yo, look, this is what, like, we all, this is what we created. And these are all people who learn through you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, to be, I really wish that we had more time. I mean, we always say that, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then for me, I've never, I've never had, I mean, I don't have any other real creative inspirations. Mm-hmm. And to have the only one that I really had just pass away at a young age as well, it's just like. Colon cancer is a bitch. The fuck? A so, bitch. Yeah. Colon cancer. It's just like, that's. I think that's the worst one. My mom passed away from colon cancer, metastatic. Wow. So it's like when I heard that he had colon cancer, I'm just like, keep going. Like, please keep fighting because mm. it's it's really, really difficult to to get uh, back from that. But a lot of it also comes from like your mindset. And they said yeah. he was like super cool and he yeah. was like, I'm going to get through this. He put up a bunch of videos um, on his Instagram page like before he passed mm-hmm. of him like doing treatment. He's like. He just seems so positive. Yeah. I mean, you have, honestly, you got to have a positive mindset. You know, my sister also had colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, she survived it. But I remember, like, as a, as a kid going to the hospital um, and seeing all these other children still, like, you know, vibrant and mm-hmm. moving around and stuff, or whatever, just pushing through, knowing good and well that some of them just were not going to mm-hmm. make it, you know? And that shit is just... Especially oh, if it's a child. Yeah, just mm, fuck cancer. Uh, straight up, cancer. all the time. Um, well, we talked about how people in people of color are seen in like the the whole gamut of podcasting. How and when do you think people of color are finally going to get like their due in the world of podcasting? You know, um, that's my job. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean that's a huge mantle to take on, but that's the whole purpose. That's my passion purpose. You know, mm-hmm. um, there is, I there was a, and I mean I don't want to misquote it. If you know the quote, definitely um, make sure that you hit up Jaina and let her know. But basically, they were saying there was this quote about um, media that said that black people are not white people. Not black people are not basically white people like we're not just another version of white people we mm-hmm. have our own likes you know our own dislikes and stuff like that you know i don't feel like too many other companies period you know give a rat's ass to even try to decipher what our community is looking for mm-hmm. on a grand scale you know um that's shown to me every day through data that's shown to, to me every day through the choices governments make that's shown to me through the choices that businesses make people don't care you know, and it's on us to um, take on that mantle of like, yo, look, for us, for us to make it, we got to do for ourselves or whatnot. And, you know, that's kind of really the the push itself of the Indie Creative Network is because we independently are all working towards that same exact goal. Mm-hmm. You know, we speak, we speak on behalf of so many people that trust in us to be that, that voice that, of that, the that, voiceless. That voice, yeah, the voice of the voiceless. So, you know, it's just. I don't know. I don't know if there's a a, a time, a date, uh, a, um, a memory, a moment that's gonna say, "Yeah, we all here." Um, I just know that that's what we're all fighting for. That's what I'm definitely fighting for. Mm-hmm. And if anybody wants to join the cause, hell, hey, join I'm the ICN. Join ICN. Come over to ICN. 
<laughs> Come jo- join us. Join us. Yes, <laughs> Just like yes. crawling out of the shadows. <laughs> Yay, ICN. Yay. Woo. Awesome. So that was the end of the question portion. Mm-hmm. And now is everybody's favorite portion of the show, unpopular opinions. Yes. Do you have one? I do. Oh, you go first. <laughs> Sweet potato pie is trash. Fucking trash. The fact that that shit looks like pumpkin pie and you eat, you bite into that shit and it doesn't even taste like pumpkin pie and it's unsweetened. Fuck sweet potato pie. Everybody who love it. I'm sorry if you love it. I love you too, but fuck you. Wow. I am a little hurt (laughs) because I really enjoy. Okay. After Thanksgiving, there was a, maybe a couple week period where I could not get enough of Patty LaBelle's sweet potato pie. It was, it's so good with a nice dollop of cinnamon on the top. Like you just put a little sprinkle of cinnamon or you can get some like um, ice cream with it. Oh man. Sweet potato pie. No, it isn't. So what do you have like a preference of pie? I love, I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pumpkin pie. Well, you can't go wrong with pumpkin. You can't. Pumpkin is like the best taste ever. I mean, I like apple pie too, but pumpkin pie is just, it just, it's just, it's, it's simple. It's simple. It's pumpkin. It is cinnamon. I mean, you you can't, you can't, honestly, you can't go wrong with it. So yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. I fucking hate your sweet potato pie. Wow. I'm so disappointed. (laughs) I mean, that's the part. I think that's the purpose of this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I thought like I don't want to say all of them at once because I want to like save them for other episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I guess I'll use the one that I was thinking of earlier in the week. Keenan Thompson really needs to leave SNL. He's always had to leave SNL, mm-hmm. and he's never been funny. Damn. Like Keenan Thompson is not funny at all. I was watching. Well, I, I don't watch SNL really anymore. Uh. But there was a clip that I saw. Um. They did like a black family feud or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the castmates was Jordan Peele. Yeah. And they made this really meta joke about like how you have to move on from sketch comedy. Oh. And Keenan in his like Steve Harvey. He was a, like Steve oh, Harvey, the, but breaking. I, I saw the, that meme. I saw he, that. <laughs> but he was oh. like breaking the, the, the fourth wall yeah. basically. And he was like, oh, so like you can't do sketch comedy forever? And I'm like. Damn. So maybe he's like self-aware. Because like if Keenan Thompson left SNL, let's be real. What else is he going to do? When's the last time Keenan Thompson did something? I mean. Fat Albert? I mean, honestly, I mean, this might be another unpopular opinion. Go for it. We're all, we got time. We got time today. I did not. I mean, I guess not really unpopular opinion. I didn't have cable, so I never (laughs) watched Keenan and Kel. Oh, man. So when people used to hype him up and like. No, Kel was the funny one. And I think that was like, for me, that was probably like third grade. Don't date me. I was like third grade or whatnot, whatever. And I just was like, oh, this is kind of cool for a show I've never, ever watched. So. People talk about Keenan and Kel. I'm like, I mean, he's, I mean, he's kind of funny. Kel was the funny one to me. Like, I obviously grew up watching Keenan and Kel and all that and stuff. And Keenan, he just doesn't have the range to be mm-hmm. doing what he's doing and have. He's been the he's the cast member on SNL in the history, like the history of SNL. He's been on it the longest. I mean, and it's that because bag, he boy. that I, I know the checks are good, but like. Move on. Yeah. Especially I mean, to, when to do what though? Like you said. Exactly. Because all his impressions are Keenan doing an impression. Yeah. Like his Bill Cosby sounds like Keenan. His Steve Harvey sounds like Keenan. <laughs> what else impressions does he do? 
that's kind of it. He does like, I don't know. Keenan's really not that. He's never been funny to me. And the fact that he's still on SNL, like secure the bag, like do your thing, get them checks, stack them chips. But you're not funny. And the fact that people like hype him up, they're like, oh no, like that's why he's been on for that long. No, Keenan has not been on for that long. He's been like just because he's funny. He's been on for that long because he's the yes man. Like Lauren just like says do this and he does it. Maybe maybe he does like production behind the scenes that really. I'm I'm sure he has like such a tenure where he can like write wherever he wants. Yeah, he probably writes and he probably guides the new people and stuff. Whatever. Yeah, he's probably like tells them where like the bathroom is or where to get like the good stuff, like the where to get the good snacks out of the vending machines (laughs) at Studio Eight H because he's never going to leave you know okay how people always joke about like the super senior in high school who's like way older and then eventually they like there was a kid oh my god there's a kid in my high school who actually was like (laughs) okay it's kind of funny okay so i went to high um he was in my grade Uh so he should (laughs) have He should have graduated high school in 2011, like the rest of us. Okay, so he like, when did he came to our school in seventh grade from like Canada or something? Uh-huh. Um, then I think he left in tenth grade to go back. Then he came back a senior year, so like 2011, 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like was not a good student. Like you know those kids who like they're just not. Yeah. They're not going to be anything. Yeah. Like, not to be mean, but, like, he he's going nowhere. Yeah. Um, so, like, he didn't graduate with us. Then he didn't graduate the year after that. Then I got a text from my sister, who is four years younger than me. So, like, when I left high school, she went into high school. <laughs> she texted me. She said, you know that kid Vahe is still here? I'm like, what? Wow. Vahe had to, he got, he had to, I don't think he even like technically passed. I think they just, I think he just like, they, they made him graduate when he was 21. Cause it's like, you cannot, yeah, you, you cannot be in high school anymore. That, you know, <laughs> I, no, I, I legit told myself, I mean, I have never been left back in my life mm-hmm. and I didn't plan on for high school neither. I told myself that if I didn't graduate my 12th grade year, I was just going to go do my GED. Cause there was no way I was going back to that school mm-hmm. period. And, um, yeah, brother, I mean, look, if you could pass a little GED, keep it pushing. But otherwise, this is why I tell people that it's really important for people for vocational training and trade mm-hmm. school and shit. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, look, if you can if you can add basic numbers mm-hmm. and you can read basic books, you, don't you, need, you can kind of yeah, get by. You don't, need, you don't need, like, uh, exponential equations and yeah. functions and stuff. Some of this, like, the stuff, most of the stuff we most learned in high stuff. school, I'm like, do I care about this? Square roots. Who gives a damn? You could even say that shit about college too. I actually asked one of my friends. Well, we went on this. Um, we went on like a. Uh, we all had like a little dinner date, or whatever, last mm-hmm. week. And um, I asked everyone. You know, it's like, yo, like, do you feel like you do like the thing that you learned in college? You're using them in your day to day work life, and they said no. It was like nine people. A lot of them said no. I feel like I learned Two- more in outside of college. outside of. I learned. Yo, they didn't teach you life lessons. Google University, <laughs> even. When I'm even in the creation of any creative network, Google University has been uh, the goat. Okay, <laughs> and you know what? It is free ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Well, There's everything on Google. So if you feel like you like when I graduated, mm-hmm. 
And I went to my first job. I, I walked in my creative director's office. She asked me to do something. I was like, okay, cool. Yes. I gave it a great head mm-hmm. nods and all that. I went back to my desk. I was like, how to do blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, search. And here we and are. And you did it. Here we are. Eight years later, still pushing. <laughs> I Let me think. Um, I get like some of the stuff that I learned, like for my major, obviously I needed. But at the same time, like, okay, good thing like none of my interns know about my show but they don't know the difference between through and through mm-hmm. and i'm like all righty a lot of so people like school that. really doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you're still 22 years old and you don't know the difference between t-h-r-o-u-t-g-h and t-h-r-u yeah yeah so <sighs> that was a hard one i it was like a transcription that i had to do and i'm like <laughs> what like you don't how did you get this internship? Yo, someone, nah, someone, I mean, so I've worked in, like I said, agencies, I've worked on publications as well. A lot of journalists cannot fucking write. Mm-hmm. There's a whole job for copywriters to make sure, there's a whole, there's a whole separate job to make sure that shit is spelt right mm-hmm. and there's proper punctuation. What's it called? Copy editor? Yep. Whole position specifically for that. Because some people just want to be like the face of like broadcasting or like they want to be the person that like is visible, mm-hmm. but they don't want to do the work. So you're like, oh, you don't know the difference between there, there and there, they but don't. you want to make all this money. And they, but they do though. But they do. They and do. that's the injustice of this industry. <laughs> they do. But yeah, Keenan is basically the super senior of SNL. <laughs> he... <laughs> Just doesn't know when to stop. And I, I wish he did because he's not... He hasn't gotten funnier. Yeah. He's... I mean, do you stayed, ever really get funnier? I mean, with practice. Like, some people, like, when you first start out, you're like, eh. And you, like, get back. You hone in on your jokes. You maybe get, like, a mentor who helps you, like, really figure out what direction you want to go yeah. in. Ugh, Keenan just has never been funny. Damn. He's just, like... His selling point is like he gives the camera like a look, mm-hmm. like kind of like like a Dennis the Menace kind of oh, thing. So he's like a, he's like a, he has like facial. His facial, facial comedy is okay. fine, yeah, because it's like he always knows like his mark. I mean, are people really do people really listen though? People listening skills be trash. So I mean, if you say a bunch of words and just and put like a funny face behind, you can like <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> this is a social cue to laugh. So yeah. So maybe he really isn't that funny and he's just like bamboozling all of us with his face. The finesse for the bag. Oh my Can't God. Can't get mad at that. Ugh, he's just like not funny. <laughs> I every, uh, I just, hopefully this is his last season. Like I say that every, I've been saying that every year for like 15 years, but. We slandered a lot of people and a lot of, we slandered a lot of people and a lot of things in this episode. People are going to be kind of upset. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Michael Jackson, Keenan Thompson. <laughs> I did not, I, disclaimer, I did not slander Michael Jackson. I purely stated that he is a legend of legends and that I left my statement at, at that. But then I chimed in <laughs> and said, let us not forget James Brown did some of those things first. Yeah. Michael That's Jackson and James Brown both legends, legends in this but grand we community. Need to remember that James Brown, Sammy Davis Jr. did a lot of good stuff too. Yeah. Like yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. was like, I feel like if it wasn't for him, like we maybe wouldn't have a Michael Jackson. On a on a scale, on a if you had to put like a percentage, right? How many people 
um that listen to your show and just uh, young people like your like your age know who Sammy Davis Jr. is. Thirty five percent. That even that's a high number for me. Who I was going with like fifteen twenty. Oh yeah, I, I might be being I might be a little generous. <laughs> I, I people don't be doing their googles, man. I mean, but then you got to know who to Google to Google. Oh, I recently watched like a Sammy Davis Jr. like tap routine. Mm-hmm. Man, the Rat Pack was so gifted. Like all of them. People aren't going to know who the They're not going to know who the Rat Pack is. Like after, oh, that Quincy Jones interview, I was like, how many people you think are Googling Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando right now? Because they have no idea. How many people are Googling who who Quincy Jones? How many people (laughs) know who Quincy Jones? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. See what I'm saying? So we, so you know, people put a lot of um, emphasis on the fact that artists and young generation don't really know who certain rappers are. People don't like people. Look about the legend. They don't know nothing. They don't know nothing. They know nothing. We know nothing. It's our job to teach them. That's about as far as I can say. Mm. Like uh, uh, that one designer, uh, Givenchy. He died uh, a couple days ago, and they're like, "Oh, he started. He was like, he made the dress from like Breakfast at Tiffany's, like the little black dress." And I'm like, people probably don't know who Audrey Hepburn is. People probably never saw Breakfast at Tiffany's. I've never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's pretty good. I don't. It's it's a movie. Okay. Oh, okay. It's like from the eh, maybe like the fifties and sixties. I was born in eighty eight. I was born in ninety three, and I still saw it. See, but there we go. There we go. See? <laughs> Did you ever? Let me. But there's also a lot of movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Like I've seen like in. really obscure movies. Uh-huh. Like I always reference this one cartoon that I would watch a lot as a child, and no one knows what it is. It's called Cats Don't Dance. Goddamn. That's some shit that they be showing in Jersey on the regular Jersey. No, okay, no, Cats Don't Dance was so good. Um, Jasmine Guy was in it. She played Whitley in um um a different world. She played like the okay, main character, okay. like the main ca- like. There's two cats, and one cat um wanted to be an actor, so he mm-hmm. went to Hollywood, and he was in like this uh this like production. It was basically like Noah's Ark. And like the main girl who was like the Noah type character mm-hmm. was like, a, she, and like she was supposed to be like a Shirley Temple type person. Yeah. But she was like really, really mean. And she actually wanted to like, um, when they had like the scene where like the flood happened, mm-hmm. she wanted to actually drown all the animals. Like she, it was okay. But the music was made by like Natalie Cole. So okay, it was like, okay, it was so okay. well done. Um, no, Cats Don't Dance was like my movie. I'm, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Google <laughs> you ever hear that. of Rockadoodle? Was that like another thing that people don't know? But I did. You see, you pull a lot of stuff from <laughs> from, 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 the, from the great state of New Jersey. No, Rockadoodle was man. Universal. What is that? It was a, about a, a rooster who could play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> No one else knows Rockadoodle. <laughs> Hit me up in the DMs if you've real. seen Rockadoodle and Cats Don't Dance. Because I feel like every time I bring it up, people are like, what is that? Only once, once did someone say that they saw Cats Don't Dance. So shout out to my friend Carissa, who also saw Cats Don't Dance. Is it also from New Jersey, too? Yeah. All right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to say. I'm just trying to put a little context behind this here. We're trying to put a little context behind New Jersey it. is like not its own planet. We still like do things that everyone does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Whatever. <laughs> well, that's.
that's all for and friends with Jana Jefferson. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JNA Jefferson. And then also follow the show on Instagram at and friends podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, the podcast app and Google play where you can stay up to date on new episodes and where, when they become available. And if you want to be a guest host on the show, hit me up at and friends guest at gmail.com and we'll keep in touch. Extreme thanks to my guest host for today. Wise Grisette hey, for hey. being awesome and incredible and Thank for you. making the Indie Creative Network so we can actually have like a platform. I I can't even imagine like if you had told me like a couple years ago, like you're going to have a podcast and you're going to meet all these awesome people and it's going to be a great time. I would have been like, oh, okay, like whatever. How am I going to do that? Yeah. But thank you to Wise because like if I never connected with Wise, I wouldn't have this show. Thank you for reaching out. And you know what? Like I'm I'm happy that we're able to provide this space to people, you know, and I'm happy for the I'm happy, proud, and look forward to things that we're able to do in the future. Good. Do you have anything else to promote? Nah, yo man. Hey, look, follow me on uh Twitter and Instagram at the real wise. Um wise with a Z. Um w- I'm being a little e. being a little different. Um honestly, also we have um grant programs. So if you are a podcaster, you have a web series, or you have any digital media project. Digital media project is a very vague term, so just mm-hmm. overall, apply. 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 On ICN.DJ. Five letters, ICN.DJ. Um, with the grant program, what we're doing is we are providing affordable industry-level tools and resources to digital media creators around the world. Does that mean if you live in Australia, can you apply? Yes, you can apply Mm -hmm. because you are living in the world. We are just trying to make sure that we are providing a space for people to get involved in digital media industries. To qualify, you have to have one of two, well, two of two things, actually. You have to have a workforce, mm-hmm. which means that the people on your cast, your executive team, and your production crew collectively need to be 70% people of color. If you don't have that qualification, you don't even gonna, bother. You're not going to qualify. <laughs> also, your production brand or the brand for you, what you're applying for, cannot make more than $100,000 per year. That fits a lot of people because mm-hmm. we all kind of broke out here. So. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Again, apply to the Indie Creative Grants. We are trying to make opportunities for everyone, literally. Awesome. Thank you. And I have three things. Well, one thing that like is like an announcement and the other two are like not. Okay, so I was asked to be in um, a panel for women in journalism and creative content for the upcoming Days Summit, D-A-Z-E. Hey. Um, the Days Summit aims to provide scholarships, uh, networking opportunities, um, and all the all these cool things for high school seniors. And I love to educate the youth and empower the youth. So um, if you're interested, um, hit up D-A-Z-E summit.com. If you don't know how to spell summit, Google it. then you should go to Google and do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, happening April 7th at 1 p.m., in New York City, location is still TBA, but that would be really cool if you know you came and supported your girl. Yes. Um, and then off it's a uh, Women's History Month. Shout mm-hmm. out to the ladies. So, um, wise, who's a woman who's influenced you today, and uh, who you are today, and why? 
Mm, so the person who influenced me is the uh, majority owner of the Indie Creative Network, my mother, Sandra Richards. Uh, she has influenced me in ways and to be the person that you see today. Um, I like to call her the beacon of light because she always finds some way, somehow to be positive in situations where I would be like, I ain't even dealing with this shit. Um, but yeah, shout out to my mama. The women, women of the planet for me. Yes. And then I'm going to shout out my mama as well. Um, Joanne Stern Jefferson was the best woman that ever walked. Sorry, wise. Like, I, you know, you got okay. your opinion, but I got mine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She was a single mom, did the damn thing, helped provide for me and my sister. It was the three of us for a very long time. Um, and I know she'd be so happy to hear this podcast. I feel like she would be like my best friend and like <laughs> be like, girl, you sounded great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so shout out to moms all over the world all over the for world. providing for all of us. And last shout out <laughs> is to our good old pal, Donald J. Mm. Trump. Wise, what do you think that Trump should do this time instead of, uh, this week instead of tweet? Mm. Any activity at all. Fuck himself. How about that? Ow! I think instead of tweet this week, um, <sighs> see, now I blocked him on Twitter, so I don't even know like what I I've could like say. He's like so toxic. It feels good to go on the site and like not know what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. But I think instead of tweet, because I know he's probably getting, oh, didn't he fire somebody on Twitter today? Yeah, he fired um, the secretary, secretary of state. Yeah. Whoa. Tillerson and turned him in and made that person um, the... The person who he replaced him with is the ex-CIA head. So, Oh, so he probably like is like, oh, make sure that you lie for me. <laughs> I bet. Um, so I guess instead of tweet, maybe he should like, <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Just like get a handle on your men because everyone's quitting. Like that one pretty woman quit in his like cabinet. Hope, Hope Hicks. All I know is that she's pretty. And someone alluded that to the fact that somebody in the White House is sleeping with everybody. And I bet it wow. was Hope Hicks. I bet it was Hope Hicks, unfortunately. Wow. Because she just seemed like, you know, I'm not here to bash women. Like, yeah. do what you want with your body. But she did appear to be that type of girl. Wow. So, yeah, um, just get a handle on your men. Like, yeah. don't don't tweet about them. Maybe talk to them in private and be like, so you're going to be replaced. <laughs> um, yeah, that was all for Anne Friends. Tune in in two weeks. We'll be back with more fun. Awesome. Later. <laughs>